Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. News. <laughs> that was some quality neck work. Thank you. I do my best. Doing my best. How are you doing this evening, Kathleen? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, it's it's actually snowing here Ooh. out in the beef. Um, I don't even sure if we're gonna go to work tomorrow, but you know wow. it's okay because as the expression goes. Outside it may be raining, but in here it's entertaining. So let's take it away. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean in my mind. (laughs) Right. Okay. All righty. How are you doing? Well, I'm good. We only got like a teeny tiny flurry earlier today. Um, Yeah, I was at work and like my coworker was like, oh my God, look. And I looked out the window and it was snowing. And so I did like that fake like, oh my God. (laughs) Like I was scared. Because I'm like, it's fucking snow. We work at a company that sells snowboards. We'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so not too, not, nothing too exciting. Um, but yeah. do you know what is exciting? Uh, can I take a guess? Is it this movie? That is. But first. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Welcome back to Walt Hollywood Realness. Oh. Welcome back. We watched an amazing movie. Yes, we did. This is the podcast that celebrates the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era, one film at a time. Um, That's I'm, right. I'm one of your hosts, Philip Estrada. And I'm the other one, Kathleen Knoll. Yes, yes, she is. That's uh, according to all of her paperwork. Um, uh, yes. So we did watch a pretty dope-ass movie. Um, we watched mm-hmm. She Done Him Wrong. Okay. All right. From 1933 from Paramount Pictures. Um, yes. Do you have a history with this film, Miss Kathleen? Um, uh, uh, just uh, I, not much, except I know I know who Mae West is. And probably um, I, I now that after watching this movie, I think the only kind of connection is I have was maybe working on costumes that were sort of Mae West-like mm. when I used oh. to work in the costume <laughs> shop in my teenage years. And so I remember these kind of big silhouettes and stuff. But... Uh, that's about it. So I I was really stoked to to be able to dive in and do this because I think Mae West is pretty amazing from I what mean, I little bit I knew about her. She um, was so this something. I you know we we've had this sort of um, in our queue for actually several months because I've been wanting to do a Mae West thing and I think it, I just thought it was such a great opportunity for us to learn more about her and and sort of just 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 bathe in the Mae West. Mm. A oh, bit. bathe bathe in the bathe in me, honey, bathe in me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm loving the entendres. Yes. Last episode was all about the Paul Lynn impression. Tonight's going to be uh, all about the Mae West impression. Oh. 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 <laughs> this movie. See me. Oh. So good. Um, uh, yeah. So um, I didn't have much experience with this movie. Oh, yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Um, 
mark. It's okay. Um, I actually don't have much uh, history with Miss Mae West herself, um, personally. I don't even think I've seen any of her movies um, off, like out of the list of the short mm-hmm. ones but I did um, recently watch like a th- the first third of her last movie the sextet um, oh and that was an um, and I think I just turned it off because I ran out of time and I had to go somewhere but otherwise um, it seemed an interesting <laughs> interesting movie um, where an 86 year old woman played a 24 year old that's <laughs> seems like a, a reach at the very least but um <laughs> yeah so but I do I've just sort of she's been in kind of my zeitgeist as far as like just who she was and how like she was bigger yeah. than life and sexy as all get out and just like oh with the whip you know with the double entendres and all of that so I was yeah. super stoked to be watching this film for uh, you know me for the too podcast. me too yeah. yeah I think like you like I had read for me it was like I had read so much about her just as far as her contributions in writing mm-hmm. and how her stuff had been butchered by the censors and like you know my sort of my experience with her was just I, I love reading about the sort of like the pre-code films and just she just got <laughs> she was done wrong yeah. so much <laughs> uh really uh with with so much of of what it's like she and I, it's crazy too because even just in seeing and researching this movie like seeing that like they brought her like yeah. they wanted her they brought her wooed her over from new york and you know and and it's like she was too much. She was like too much for. She was too sexy. Too sexy, Philip. <laughs> no, Miss West, you're too sexy. Miss West, no, you're too sexy. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I loved reading that. Like this movie basically saved Paramount Pictures from bankruptcy. Yeah, that's right. And it was an, a massive hit. There were like midnight Huge. showings and. Yeah. Oh my gosh, people were like thirsty for this movie. <laughs> They wanted a tall drink of Mae West. Oh. They did. <laughs> Grab a straw, boys. Oh. I got coins like a Coke bottle. <laughs> I'm going to be here all night. Tip your waitress. Oh, gosh, I know. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so this movie actually, uh, so 1933 Paramount Pictures, this movie was made for $200,000, and it ended up grossing yeah. 10 times its budget, $2 million in the theatrical release, which back in 1933 was no small feat. Like, that was a yeah. huge deal. So, I mean, and she, like every other movie, and this was her second film, by the way. The first it film. Is, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, the first film that she did was called Night After Night, where she had apparently like a bit part or like was a supporting player, and apparently she ran away with the movie. So they um, they gave her her first fi- her like her second film was her leading role, and it was based on um, the play Diamond Lil, which she wrote herself in um, and. Uh, mounted on Broadway in 1928. So, um, just a mere five years later, she had written, brought it to, um, brought her own play to um, Hollywood for her second film. That's quite amazing for mm-hmm. you know a woman at that time. And so she's, she's yeah, and uh, yeah. Um, what was like? Oh gosh, something I'd read. Something like it took them like three weeks to make this. Really? And I know, like, yeah. And I was just thinking about like, um, you know, when when we did like the Busby Berkeley movies, you know, we were thinking about Footlight Parade, like they were cranking them out too, but yeah. it just like, 
Three weeks. This took three weeks to yeah, make. Yeah, I mean, they probably had it down to a science, but um, yeah, it was probably filmed. It seemed like it was filmed all indoors for the most part, and it was, you know, it did. I'm not gonna. I mean, by for 1933 standards, this wasn't. It's a little clunky movie. A little bit of a clunky movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have like. Uh, really great transitions or like there's not a lot of long scenes that are like sweeping shots or anything like that. It wasn't technically like a, like a big movie, but it definitely had a lot of, you know, a lot of great dialogue and a lot of great one liners from Miss West herself. So, yeah, you know. it actually, it's funny. Cause like watching it, I watched it a couple times, like on this last run, I was like, Nope, you know what this feels like? This feels like I'm watching an edited play. This yeah. is exactly, I get it now. Like, yeah. cause I, the story felt a bit more cohesive, like watching it like the third time around. Um, and I'm like, I'm getting this. I'm like, I really, you can really almost feel where like big chunks of like bits of dialogue and maybe it's even parts of the movie too, that are just sort of edited out. Um, but then there's other parts that are just completely mesmerizing. Yeah. Like just insanely mesmerizing. So good. Um, so actually, speaking of di- so the play, the fact that it was based on the play Diamond Lil. So the Hayes Code actually declared that the the play Let Diamond Lil was banned from screen and repeatedly demanded changes to remove associations with um, elements to the play. So this also included um, suggested titles um, that reco- that had the word diamond in it at all. So they wanted to make sure that the play and the movie weren't at all associated because the play had such a um, such a scandal wrapped around it. Um, and so the adaptation was finally allowed under the condition that the play not be t- not be referred to in publicity or advertising. So they kind of had an uphill battle and they had to rely on just sort of word of mouth of people associating this movie with the play. Which I think is interesting too. That it still managed to make as much money as it did with them putting so many roadblocks in front of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so this movie. Uh, so sorry, I should get um, talk about the cast in this movie. So Mae West is the lead character. She plays Lady Lou. Um, Cary Grant, the young and beautiful Cary Grant, Jesus Christ, plays Captain Cummings. Owen Moore plays Chick Clark, who is Mae West's like first boyfriend um, in the movie. Uh, Gilbert Rowland plays uh, Sergei Staniev. Um, Noah Beery plays Gus Jordan, who is uh, Mae West's current boyfriend in the movie. Um, <laughs> David Landau plays da- Dan Flynn, who wants to be Mae West's boyfriend in the movie. Um, Rafaela Ottiano plays Russian Rita, who is a madam. Uh, Dewey Robinson plays Spider Kane, who is Mae West's uh, bodyguard. And Rochelle Hudson plays Sally, who is this um, kind of down on her look lady in the movie. Um, the costumes in this movie are designed by Edith Head, um, and it was directed by Lowell Sherman. Um, even though I didn't see any um, uh, credit for Edith Head in the movie, in the title cards of this movie, they do reference it being um, her in IMDb and all of that, and all of the photos and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of controversy actually around that. Well, yeah, like you said, they didn't um, they didn't have like a movie. You won't see a movie credit in this film, which I think is interesting considering we always are here to talk about the costume designers and all that stuff. But um, uh, there, because I think that like she got the credit, but it's I think it's another one of those things where she got the credit for possibly other people's work. Oh yeah. Um, because like Travis Banton actually was connected to doing the costumes here. Oh wow. And then like um yeah, and then also someone I really got enjoyed reading about was um Dolly Tree. Have you heard about her? I have, yeah. I'm not as yeah, familiar with her, but I'm interested in learning more about her. 
because apparently like she she had actually done the original costumes for she heard she done them wrong and for a lot of Mae West stuff back in New York huh. and supposedly she was going to get brought over to do the costumes and then like there's rumors that like she kind of got axed out of it and then um but like a lot of her original concept designs and stuff were sort of translated for this movie and um edith head kind of worked from that but it's yeah there's a lot of like he said she said sort of stuff but it was yeah it was fun like reading about that but i do want to read more about her because i guess she was some big heavy hitter costume designer in the 20s like she did like cabaret and she did stuff on like the east coast and then just then they came and brought her over to do film huh so yeah It was fun. Anyway, I digress. It's okay. Um, that's uh, that's really awesome. Um, another thing to think about. I've had I had also read um, a while back too that I know Scaparelli, the Paris fashion designer, had done a bunch of stuff for her May West as well at some point. But I don't think that that was for this movie. It might have been for other movies. Um, so I'd be interested to see. If the those are referenced in the credits, such Scaparelli gets any credit for it, if it's going to go to yeah, the studio sure. costume designer. Um, yeah, uh, let's see what else about this film. Um, so this movie was nominated for an Academy Award for the out for outstanding production, which is now known as Best Picture. Um, the movie is only sixty six minutes long, and it's the shortest film ever to be um, nominated for that category, which is neato. Um, let's see. This was this movie was condemned by the Legion of Decency, which is um, a United States Catholic organization. Um, they had various ratings at the time from 1933 to 78. They uh, condemned got a C rating, uh, B ratings. Uh, then there was also a C and B rating, which were merged into an O rating, which was morally offensive. Um, and then around 1980 is when they um, eventually. Sh- uh, kind of shut down and the um, the legion ratings were applied to movies that were made in the united states which were subject to the production code until 67 as well as those imported from other countries um let's see uh the legion organized boycotts made um so the they organized boycotts made a c rating harmful to the film's distribution and profitability according to the majority of years that the rating was applied most condemned films were made outside of the united states where their producers didn't have much to fear of condemnation. And of the 53 movies the Legion had placed on its condemned list by 1943, only Howard Hughes' The Outlaw came from a major U.S. studio that had not been approved by production codes. So interesting to think about. Yeah, I I love that that whole coalition was formed like six months after this movie, and they decided (laughs) they were like, you know... It's this movie right here. That's yeah. why we're we need to be here. This is this is why we're a necessity. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think that's hilarious. I love that. Where they're How just, inspiring. I just love that they like got in a tizzy about her, just kind of like, and she doesn't really do anything that I know. like that suggestive. It's a lot of innuendo, and she does do that. Her signature, like, it's basically she's she's basically moaning like she's in the throes of passion as it were like that's kind of her move where she just she's the like, queen of i fucking phillips I know. she is she like is. i fucking you up and out up and down up and out. 
<laughs> but I was just like oh, listening to so her when funny. watching it because uh, I watched it a couple times as well. And I was just like with her like her like oh oh I'm just like she is like a cat in heat, just like rubbing at her, like just like rubbing on the couch, like rubbing, like rubbing her butt up and down on the couch. And I'm just like, girl, calm down. You're like it's it's just a man's. <laughs> oh man. Oh my god. And to think it only took a mere 50 years for Blanche Devereaux to come out to, to appear on screen. <laughs> Basically the same character. <laughs> you know, you know, actually what I when I was watching it, what I kind of and then like thinking about her and what I really kind of think of and I'm I okay, maybe it is she is the inspiration, but I can't I kept thinking of um Lady Gaga as the countess in American Horror Story oh, really? in the hotel. Have you have you seen that series? I only saw the first few episodes because I have a, I have a uh, I have a very love I have a I have a fraught relationship with the American Horror Story series. So. Yeah, no, I understand. I I haven't watched them all personally myself. I really enjoyed Coven, but uh, but I and I haven't actually watched. I've just I've watched a lot of clips and a lot of things. And what I was thinking of is just how much like you know it's like Mae West like lived for decades in the Ravenswood apartment like she she bought this apartment yeah. when she first and like I always think of like she was like lived like the countess like it for decades you know and uh, like haunting and, the hallway uh, <laughs> yeah and then I was thinking if I, I would die a happy girl if they did a biopic of Mae West and maybe Lady Gaga could play her because really I think it could be done if, if she the way she can get so immersive in characters and let's face it she's a you know, teeny tiny blonde entertainer from New York City. It'll work. It'll work. Like, I think I think she could really the way she committed to that role as the countess. I think she could do a pretty amazing like Mae West. I'd watch that movie. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I okay. I'll get I'll get on board with getting a you know watching it on DVD. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of course. Or or maybe if somebody wants to bootleg it on YouTube, I would just love to see her. Just impress. Do maybe just do a video. Okay. You know what? Just. Just do Frankie and Johnny. You know, if she could just do it like with the full costume, just maybe one. Just do like a video. That would be really cool. Wouldn't it I be get neat? By that. I think she totally. could do it. Yeah. Oh my. Uh, I, any reason for a lady to be wearing a big hat? I'm down, I'm on board. Oh my gosh. And just the the long like the, you know the the whole like diamond lil get up just slowly going down the stairs you know yes. and singing oh that God. song. You're like, why am I crying? I just why are there tears? There's like so much glamour in front of you. You're like, oh, I'm not crying. You're crying. You're like, oh, jeez, this is amazing. That would be pretty dope. I'm into it. Let's oh, do it. Oh, it would be. Let's set up a Kickstarter. Um, what, uh, this yes. is, let's see, there's um, some other interesting tidbits. So there's like lore legend, legend has it that Mae West saw Cary Grant on the lot and gave him the part of this movie without even mm-hmm. speaking to him. She was just like, she was like, oh, is a tall, dark and handsome. Oh, and like the produ- <laughs> she was with the producer and he was like, oh, it's just an actor, blah, blah, blah. And so she's like, he can speak, right? And <laughs> he's got the part. <laughs> and so apparently that's how legend goes. But apparently this is his ninth movie movie yeah um, but she claims that she discovered him so i'd actually be curious to see the movies that came before this and see if he had as much screen time as he did in this movie and to be honest he doesn't have a whole lot of screen time but no. he does make he does make good use of that time because he does he, ooh, girl he's sex especially in the end scene you're like okay oh. <laughs> calgon take me away <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
exactly. Calgon, take me away. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, this is also the movie that's the source of the line. Uh, why don't you come? Uh, why don't you come up and see me sometime? Um, which is actually misquoted. That's a misquote. Um, the line is actually, "Why don't you come up sometime and see me?" Um, and I was like, I, when she said it, I was like, "Wait, that's not the line." And then. Um, Apparently, it got mixed up at some point and just became, um, why don't you come up and see me sometime? And I even saw videos of her saying it that way, too. So I thought that's interesting that maybe it was a thing where it just they wrote it. She just said it one way, and then it just sounded better the other way. So she just kept saying it the other way. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> I was like, huh. Like the famous line. It's like it's almost like if people were misquoting, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. Frankly, my dear, I don't care. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Where did Paul Lynn come from all of a sudden? <laughs> Is that Paul Lynn? Paul Lynn doing Mae West. <laughs> Why don't you come up and see me sometime? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, fantastic. Oh, man, this movie, though. Ooh, girl. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it had some looks. I really it liked had it. some looks. And I loved, um, I loved the parts where she sang, like I said, especially like when know, she does Frankie yeah. and Johnny, you're just, I was just like, I seriously, I was like, why am I, I've got like, like I had tears. I was like, why is this so fucking oh, amazing? It really? was just like, I don't know what it was. It was like, I was so, I was like smiling. I was like, this looks amazing. But it was just sort of like, there's something weird, like her voice and the whole look. It's very like, yeah. it, it's very transfixing. Like it really pulls you in. You really feel like you're there watching her and. You kind of, you just kind of want to be there. You're like, why is this so amazing? Because <laughs> she's just t- head to toe flawless. She's so yeah, flawless, I totally agree. and she sings with such confidence. Like her facial expression, she's like, "Girl, I got this." Like that's just yeah. the look on her face the whole time she sings. You're like, I think a woman who exudes just such like, just just confidence just pouring out of her. I'm like, I'm not used to seeing that. Honestly, I'm not as a as a woman. I'm not used to seeing that. Yeah. Like I I see drag queens who 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 do it, but like to see a woman yes. do it. Yes, and you, you know, know what, what I mean? though? You know what though? I really think I, that I thought she, I had like an emotional reaction to it. Yeah, I think she's like a prototype for a drag queen. Like really, she kind of is, and because people we well, there's that we were talking about it right before we got on mic that there's that mm-hmm. um, documentary about her that's on Amazon Prime. If you if you have Amazon yes. Prime, you can watch mm-hmm. it. It's got Dom DeLuise, and it talks about her entire life. And they say in the in the documentary that they're like she wasn't a particular particularly good looking woman and she didn't have a very good singing voice, but she just somehow held the audience. She just held them in thrall. And I'm like, I Mm -hmm. think that that's sort of like what drag Queens do. Like she sort of is a bigger than life character. She, she walks on, she walks on like nine inch platform stilts because she's a tiny, tiny woman and she clomps around and she has like a bigger than she's like super curvy, like a drag queen, big Mm -hmm. giant hair and hats like a drag. Like, and she Things and she double entendres and she's dirty, but she's funny and she's just like it's all about sex with her. She really yes. is like a prototypical drag queen. Like, and, and I think I yes, am yeah. on board for it. Oh, oh me too, <laughs> me too. I, I I think she also too she exudes like a warmth and an approachability in that sense of like the the drag queens that I personally love are the ones that are like if I'm just I just feel better being around you because yeah. you just you're no, exuding something that. that makes me feel so happy and so like good about life right now, you know, because it's just, it's glamorous and it's fun and I'm laughing and you know, it's just, 
it's 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 a great feeling and i think you know she is able to provide that yeah. um uh, i totally agree I she's love, like those love, love her. she's like those drag queens that don't go that don't work blue but always make the whole room ha- like they're almost like kind of sometimes self-deprecating yeah. but more or less just like everyone's in on the joke like yes. you know it's just more she just kind of like brings you into the into it and like yeah. we, you know she makes everyone feel happy makes everyone feel sexy and makes everyone you know I just I love that and I think that no, that's kind of what I she totally does. agree and I and like I said I, I would really really love to see I know it's a, like I would love to see Lady Gaga like make a stretch and try this like I would love well, to see you her know what attempt because she's she's got that physically she has that she i don't i can't think of anyone else who has I mean, that rare i mean she's a, and no disrespect to her but she's she's only a fr- she's she ain't wayne west i'm okay i'm, I'm just saying she yeah. if anyone was even going to come close it would be her and that's like I mean, no disrespect to her him. it's like yeah. th- these are two different people but if anyone's going to like hold that candle a little bit it would be her it would be she would need sure. to gain like seventy pounds. She would, she's yeah, no, like she real would. Skinny, but she, you know, no, I could she see would. Her. She would have to like do, you know, like, you know, she would. She would have to transform. But I, I think that the way she, her level of dedication and commitment, and like her ethic on how she does stuff, like I could see her fully committing and doing it, and being, and I, huh. I would be like, ah, it's amazing. <laughs> like seriously, think about it. If she really full, if she committed it to it the way she committed, like, then did the Countess. In American Horror Story, <sighs> I can see it. I can see. Oh it. my God! Amazing. Also, you know who I could also amazing. kind of see too, and I could, it's probably it's a hot take, and it might offend people, but I feel like Megan Trainer could probably do it too. Oh well, good, I don't. Like, I don't know about like her Halloween like costume, acting chops like, or whatever, but like no, but maybe like she could probably deliver a song or two. You know? Oh like, no, I could see you know. that. I could see that, but just, just the whole like like, like captivating that, like, a room and where you're like, who yeah. the fuck is this bitch? Like that would be <laughs> that would be Lady Gaga. Like she like the way she just like she's like because you know I'm sorry, but like to be tiny and command a room, like that's the yeah. thing, and it's like. And, and to walk on those heels, but you're right. Well, like if she would, if she gained a little, if she gained weight, and she really like fully committed to it. She, I think she, and she like worked on the voice and the, because she does. Like she, I think I could see her doing it, and like it would be fucking amazing. Oh well, call to action, Lady Gaga. Get to work. I know, right? <laughs> Thanks for listening, Lady Gaga. Just, just hear me out. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Putting it out into the universe. Um, I mean, oh something gosh. to think about too is Mae West was 40 years old when this movie was made, so she exactly. Was well, not another a reason why woman, to do Lady Gaga. You know? Like Lady Gaga's not super duper young anymore either. She's now in her 30s, so I think that it would be yeah. amazing to, yeah. Oh, oh, just, just amazing. Woman. Yeah, L- love them. I love these mature women from the I, 30s and 40s. They're so I do beautiful. too. Well, and also just they can deliver lines and looks on their faces like oh, I totally. have been there. I am yes. talking with my eyes in a way that only a woman of my age can. <laughs> exactly. Uh, did you want me to get into the storyline of this sure. film? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, she done him wrong by Philip Estrada, age 14. <laughs> um, <laughs> So this movie takes place in 1890 down in the Bowery of New York City. Um, Mae West plays a wildly popular and wildly bawdy singer named Lady Lou. Uh, She sings in a saloon owned by Gus Jordan, played by Noah Beery. Uh, Gus also showers her with diamonds and believes that she's in love with him. Turns out that many people are in love with Lady Lou and she's all too happy to let them shower her in fiscal attention. Oh. Um, We're okay with that. Yeah, I mean, good for her. You get yours. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, so Gus's saloon is bustling with activity and salty characters. And um, one day, a young lady named Sally, played by Rochelle Hudson, comes in and attempts suicide. Uh, Lou gets this gal cleaned up and has Gus get her a job. Um, so this chick, Russian Rita, played by Rafaela Ottiano, and her assistant, Sergei Staniev, played by Gilbert Rowland, um, are there, and they offer her position at the Barbary Coast. What is not known to the poor girl, or Lou, is that Gus and Rita traffic women into prostitution. Um, this um, helps keep Lou dripping in diamonds. Um because she's expensive. Um, <laughs> L- Lou and Sergey um, meet, and they're immediately smitten. Um, then Lou meets Captain Cummings, played by Cary Grant, who runs the mission next door. And she's even more smitten with Cummings. Um, and I'm just going to put it out there that uh, Lady Lou loves the men's. She can't get enough of the men's. Yeah. Uh, and we love so, her for it. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame her. I mean, yep. Carrie Gra- if Cary Grant was clomping around a saloon I worked in, I would be like, yes, please. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have one of those. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, have one. <laughs> I'll have one on rye. Hold the mayo. <laughs> I don't know why you I don't know. a human man sandwich, but... <laughs> So it sounded right at the time. Okay. Uh, so Lou's body. <laughs> you human man sandwich. That's going to be the name of my second, my second memoir. Um, <laughs> okay. Lou's bodyguard spider played by Dewey Robinson um, implores um, her to go to the prison to visit her old boyfriend, Chick Clark, played by Owen Moore. So it turns out Chick was stealing diamonds for her when he went, which got him arrested. So she promised to stay t- true to him while he was in the clink. Um, and when she arrives, everyone in the prison is super glad to see her. Um, see note above about how, how she likes the men's. Um, <laughs> so Chick is steamed that she hasn't visited yet um, sooner and accuses her of two-timing him. Uh, he threatens to kill her if the rumors are true um lou talks him off a ledge and she heads back downtown so that evening uh captain cummings asks lou if anyone has seen sally that was taken away that lady earlier who was taken away by rita but lou doesn't have any information about it because she just sort of like palmed her off on this late girl and never saw her again so after he leaves, Lou hears that Cummings will lose the mission since he can't afford to pay the rent. Um, so Lou buys the buildings with a pile of diamonds in order to prevent this from happening. Hashtag heart of gold. Um, <laughs> so Rita and Sergey return to the saloon to pick up some counterfeit money from Gus. This is when Chick busts out of jail and sneaks into Lou's dressing room. So he begins to strangle her, but stops because he's still in love with her. Uh, Lou calms him down and promises to run off with Chick after um, she performs her next number. Uh, so she sings her song and returns to her dressing room with uh, with Chick um, chilling out in the alley out back. Um, this gives Sergey time to put the moves on Lou. Uh, Rita catches Sergey and Lou together and uh, Sergey pieces out while Rita and Lou fight um, start some sort of like cat fight and then Rita pulls out a <laughs> knife and in the scuffle she accidentally gets stabbed to death um, and Lou has to pretend to be brushing Rita's hair when the cops come in looking for Chick so after they leave after the cops leave Lou goes to perform her next number and gets Spider to dump the stiff for her um, after the song, she gets Spider to bring Chick back up to her dressing room while she performs an encore. 
During her encore, Lou signals to Chick's rival, Dan Flynn, played by David Landau. Um, is that the name that I put down? David Landau, him. Uh, to meet um, her in her dressing room. Uh, Chick ends up shooting Dan when he enters, and the commotion draws the attention of the police nearby. So Captain Cummings busts in and is revealed to be the undercover federal agent named The Hawk. Uh, he and Russ, he arrests Gus and Sergey for the prostitution and counterfeit rackets. Uh, Chick is still lurking around, and he sneaks back into Lou's dressing room to kill her, but Cummings arrives in time to arrest him. And then Cummings takes Lou out to the paddy wagon, but gets into a carriage with her instead. As they drive away he puts a finger on her and tells her that she doesn't belong in jail unless that prison is marriage the <laughs> end <laughs> yes uh, mm. nothing like handcuffs on one little finger <laughs> yes yeah. the prison of marriage hmm. well I'm sure with Cary Grant it's not a prison no 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 Please, oh, she'll, wait, she'll be the breadwinner. It, yeah. She'll make it work. It's fine. Mm. That and also he's a big old mo. So maybe it is a person. <laughs> There'll be all kinds of lavender. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> she comes home and sees Cary Grant one of her uh, one of her gowns, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, it looked better on me." Oh. <laughs> oh, Carrie, what are we gonna do with you? Apparently, get him a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh did you um, did you have like a favorite um, like outfit or any particular costume that stood out to you in this movie? Um, well, there are plenty to look at. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I did really love her dressing gown that she oh, wore. Me too. I was gonna say the, <laughs> the little lacy one. That's my favorite as well. Okay, With good. With those big, gigantic sleeves. Yes, I mean, girl. Come on. I yes. A go to lace and yes. Okay. I was like, I I, mean, this is my working from home outfit. <laughs> I need this in my life. <laughs> I mean, oh my god, that's so it. funny. That's my favorite too. Like hands down, that is like that's it's the best. So like burlesque realness. Yes, like, she's like <laughs> it's like super tiered belt sleeve with all these ruffles and all yes. this lace, and, I'm just and like, the little Whoa. bows like holding it together. You know, yeah. and you know what it screams? Oh, what this old thing? <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> Oh, amazing. Amazing. Kinda, I mean, she's got, I mean, every outfit she wears, she's got like six or seven costume changes in this movie. Yes. Like yeah. one, two, three. I think there's like seven. Four, five, six. Yeah, she's got like six, maybe an extra. Oh, seven. Yeah, the prison outfit, too. So she's got like seven looks in this movie, and each and every one of them is just like over the top like crazy so good so bananas so good like, and her hair is like perfectly finger waved i love oh the God. placement of the finger wave where it like it's almost like they worked with her she probably had like a natural cowlick or something that's like slightly off at center from her forehead and then they just work this like finger wave that just almost like a pebble in a pond and it just works yeah. its way you know in these like these graduating finger waves all the way down and to her longer hair and it's like I, I was just like just even looking at tutorials on how finger waves are done I'm like what who how did they do these like the, <laughs> but there was a time when like getting Marcel waves was like normal you know like it was an everyday yeah. thing but but yeah her whole hair was beautiful and then oh and the other thing I was gonna say is that uh, I was looking at pictures of her like in the 20s and stuff kind of like before she came to Hollywood and then like you know from like her first movie and then like 
this movie, you really can see when, it, like, because I love to talk about makeup too. You mm-hmm. really, really see a difference in her face from like her twenties, like New York City, you know, like uh, vaudeville, like stage performing makeup and face to when she gets to Hollywood, how uh, like her, uh, like seriously, her eyebrows weren't even symmetrical before, like in the 1920s, like they, like everything becomes very much more refined and cleaned up and even. And I just want to say shout out, cause that is all Dorothy Pondone who also did the makeup for Judy Garland and uh, was was credited for her face. So, so, Door, huh. so she is known she did the Mae West face and Mae West was also uh, yeah and it was Mae West and other actresses that, that she exclusively did she made sure she she insisted she was her makeup girl and huh. also um, when uh, she, when Dottie wanted to get into the makeup union uh, it was people like Mae West who basically were like if you don't if you don't let her in I'm not going to like I won't support you like it was almost like like they were they were threatening almost like but she she huh. was one of those people who like wrote letters of recommendation for this woman to get into the makeup union and um wow. yeah so i just want to say like the more like this is why it was so great to do this movie because it gave me an opportunity to just read more about may west and all the great things she did to try to integrate and uh, women and people of color into being equal into you know getting employment and being equal roles in movies and you no know, not oh, just nice. like a side piece because like her, even her like Pearl like the character Pearl I really realized oh, yeah. like she she has legitimate dialogue that moves the story forward she yeah, isn't just she like totally yes does. ma'am no ma'am even though she is her maid like she is somebody that clearly like may west selected this person to play off play off dialogue from with her and yeah. that's like really really interesting and then when i read more about it, it apparently that was one of the many things that people just were fucking outraged that like how dare you first of all have her in there but you gave her things to do you know <laughs> and so that was one of the things that you in her later films you saw less and less of but um she really worked and fought to have that because yeah. it makes sense. That's fucking real life. That is yeah. real. Real life works. You know. Yeah. So I just she was a woman ahead of her time, a tiny, tiny woman ahead of her tiny, time, tiny woman. <laughs> and just amazing, just amazing yeah. uh, uh, powerhouse. So yeah, oh. I just wanted shout to shout out to that. Mae West. Yes. Feminist icon. Um, Fuck so, yes, feminist icon, Mae West. <laughs> so if the dressing gun was your number one, what would be your second favorite look in the movie? Hmm. I don't know. You know what? I probably was is the one. It's the dark gown that has the little birds going up, oh, up the yeah. front. I really, you know, I'm a whimsy first girl, so like yeah. I really love that. Um, where they they're do. like that was the one where she up. performs that song. Uh, where has my easy rider gone? Yes. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yes. oh yeah. Yeah, and I I think I also love what she wears in the Frankie and Johnny number. Like I I just That's, love that yeah. song too. I'm just like. What, what, what? Like that? That's the one where you're. I'm just like I'm weirdly getting misty, and I don't know why. I'm like, am I happy? Am I sad? Am I just overwhelmed by what I'm seeing right now? Like it's so, it's so weird in a wonderful yeah. way. It's just like, no, I agree yeah, with you. you know. That was such a. She. I mean, all of her outfits were so go- good, and I love that she kind of like. It's interesting too because she kind of 
became that character of being the belle of the 90s, mm -hmm. you know, sort of that kind of like Gibson girl-esque kind of thing where she, and then she just stuck with it for the rest of her career. Like she stayed that way even though times changed and like styles changed. She maintained a look where she was like, I'm this character and this is who I'm going to be and sorry that this is the 1940s and yeah. wearing a full-length sequin gown to a dinner party at someone's backyard. <laughs> like Dude, no, just I, you know what? I totally thing, agree. You know? I, no, I agree with you because if you think about it, like she, I think honestly, I like there's speculation. Like it's like, oh, the Parisians don't want to admit it, but this, but Paris did look to Hollywood at this point. They were yeah. impressed with the novelty. She was hugely popular. And if yeah. you think about it, if you look at it like 1932, 33, because remember when we were watching like Blonde Crazy, that was done in 31 and it definitely still yeah. had a 1920s vibe to it. And then when we saw the women in long dresses, they weren't particularly curvy, they were just longer. But when you kick it a few years later, curves are there. Like the curves yeah. are there and they are working like pieced bias pieces in to emphasize hips and shoulders and like the Adrian stuff. Like you're starting to see definitely yeah. like it is, and curves it's long and, like, and yeah. like that fishtail long silhouette. Like yeah. that you see, like think about Joan Crawford. Think about like all these, like to me, it's like she really ushered in that that silhouette of, to me when I, it's like Hollywood glamour, which is that yeah, long fitted, like curvy, but then like the fishtail silhouette, maybe some good shoulder arm work, you know, that yeah. is just like that, that is, and that's her. That, and it, and again, like probably, and I think Edith Head, and I can, I think she's very good. It's fair to credit her with this is like Edith Head was always really good at like, uh, hiding things she wanted to hide and play up things yeah. she wanted to play up. And that is definitely what is done with Mae West, with her body. We've talked we talked about her earlier. It's like she was pretty straight, and she would admit she's kind of small and stocky. Um, yeah. But she would wear corsets. She would pat oh, herself yeah. up. She would do what she needed to do in order to – and then, you know, um, Anita Head was known, and as a good costume designer does, if you're trying to – build those things up she knew how to do it she put first stoles on her she knew how to you know they talk about this in the may west uh documentary like may west knew just where to place her hand on her waist or on her hip yeah so she knew that if they photoshopped and clipped her out where they where they wanted to trim her waist she knew to put her hand just at a certain place on her hip to make her look even more curvy like little things like that that i could see where they would work really well together because it was about building a formula smart ladies totally. smart yeah. ladies for sure 100 percent. and then again oh like dotty with the face like building that yeah. face like she has a very iconic look she doesn't look like jean harlow she doesn't look like joan crawford she doesn't look like anyone but may west she has that distinctive lip shape distinctive yep. eyebrow shape um you know and that smudged smoky eye um and and not a lot of blush or anything like that you know but you can definitely tell like there's a you know she's got that contoured you know and highlighting down the nose it's like it's very very that's her that you, you, yeah. there's no mistaking you know and uh, I, I mean, love it she is she is an icon and she yeah. definitely works it I mean yeah. and the woman can walk down a flight of stairs Jesus I mean, in Louisa. those gowns yes like I mean With, just like, the fact that and like, she had those giant on. platform shoes like they like the story is that like people yeah. thought she was even though she looked she was smaller she was even smaller than people thought you know and she would wear like that's why I'm like Lady Gaga yeah. like who else can walk <laughs> on these shoes it is right there for you just do oh it. <laughs> you know what else was another amazing look was her um, her um, headed to the jail look when she goes to meet Chick for the first oh, time. Oh, yes. With that hat. that like coat and mm. the hat with all the egret feathers in Love. it. And, like, yeah. Uh, and all kinds of illegal in this day and age, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, completely. Yeah. Um, 
and she's got a fur stole that has like ermine tails on it. Like it's like yes. eleganza, yeah. like luxury, darling, luxury. So much eleganza. And and you know yes. what? Even like that dirty bitch Rita, which like oh, I couldn't yeah. I didn't even I got a bit even when I first watched it, and maybe I just wasn't paying attention of I didn't quite understand like how did she why did she get killed? And then of course we realized that she's a She's a fucking, you know, she's a, she's a pimp. Like, she's, she's not yeah, even. Yeah, she's like a madam. Makes pimp. it sound like, pretty. Yeah. Like she's a goddamn dirty bitch. You know, she's, she's a just human awful. trafficking. She's yeah, getting, she's, she's a human, human turd. Thing. And that 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 scene where like the woman recognizes her and has this really visceral reaction to seeing her and like calling her out. It's yeah. like you know that that was actually. I thought that was really interesting to be even be let in, uh, like to keep that in the movie, because that is that is disturbing, that is upsetting. Yeah. But I feel like if there was more of that, we would probably even we'd have a deeper understanding of the 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 of the characters and the story yeah. itself. You know, like their motivations. Yeah, I don't think Diamond Lil would seem so one sided when you see that no. there's more shit going on. Um, but I thought that was a great heavy scene, the way the girl played it and did all that. Uh, but yeah, that Rita, like in the end when she gets stabbed, I kind of loved her dress. Like it was her, beautiful. She actually had really. <laughs> she had a great body and like yeah, beautiful she, dresses and hats. She did have interesting dresses and like they were very kind of like very uh graphic looking and like yes. lots of like arrows and like the chevrons pointing in different directions which is really cool like they're saying um, this bitch right here this yes. bitch needs to yes. die <laughs> oh my god um you know who else i really loved too was the um chorus dancers who had like those big oh, spears yeah. and their yeah. hats and they were kind of like armored like armored marching guy i don't know how else to describe them they were like marching around and like singing songs before um uh for before lady luke yes oh i i was off. like so i good. want their cut out boots like i would cut a bitch for yes, those boots they like were amazing so yes cool. with like little french um, heels <laughs> oh yeah because uh, they would have been the the, the gay 90s. 90s so they had those <laughs> okay. like little like almost almost what would be considered witchy like a yeah. short kind of like a short like hour hourglass heel mm-hmm. with like a point toed oh so cute Oh so God. cute i know they were so cute because they had like little sequin bodysuits and hats with giant ostriches on them so cute yeah no um, i i loved it. the hats in general were that, just I mean, a work of of genius and uh, like let's face it these are these are the hats that launched a million hats i mean, <laughs> I mean 1890s they've been, would have been the height of hats yeah like, but this movie would. alone like i think that anyone who's done like dress up think about the drag queens think about theater like this these uh, hats i mean think iconic. about me on a two Tuesday night. Oh, I that well. You said it first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even when they first show Rita for the very first time, she's wearing a hat that has like straight up two wings on them. Yes, like, they, they cut yes. the wings off of birds and slap them on a hat. Like that's no, how much. Exactly. That's how big these hats were and how over the top hats they were. were. And then, did you period. see the mega like hat pins? It looked like there's like a giant crystal ball that's just like sort of sitting next to the hat, but it's like a it's oh, a yeah. giant. She's got those like the like the hat pins you only really see in antique stores. The ones that are like. Uh-huh. No joke, like eighteen inches long, and they would yep. stat. They would use like two of them and like cross, like cross them in order to like anchor those giant hats into their giant hair, and yeah, uh, and they did it so authentically, like in this movie, and and that's the thing is like there are definitely parts. Um, a, a per- this is a perfect example of like 
the lead getting uh, a very dated hair and makeup that's more current to the t- the year that the movie was made versus exactly, when it's supposed to yeah. take place. But everything yeah. else around it, the clothing, um, the extra, the other extras and their hair and oh their looks God. are so on point for like. And really, if you think about it, what that's only like 40 years, 30, 40 years prior was the 1890s. Right, yeah. So like a lot of what they're wearing, you could you're like, that's probably actually from the 1890s, you know. And yeah. um, but uh, but yeah, and again, this is a good example of where Mae West, like her hair and her makeup is very 30s, very yes. Hollywood 30s. Um, but uh, but you can't falter for it because she looks fucking amazing. She fucking fucking she amazing. She's like, oh, take it all in, boys. Oh. Oh, and we do. We do. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, the this is a really great movie to watch like more than once because you can really uh-huh. watch the extras in the movie. There's a lot of like people, pl- bit players with one line of dialogue, and they say some really good stuff. And there's like yes. really kind of funny one-liners and just like interesting because it's just fun interesting to see what because this would have been fairly like contemporary to them because the 18 like you're saying was only 40 mm-hmm. years earlier so yeah they would have known firsthand what the bowery was like in 1890 yeah. which is fun- fascinating to think because they have like footage of like the elevated trains and like the people like they're not actual real footage but the, some of that might be um, yeah. period, but not the ones with the people in it but um just seeing that footage is kind of interesting and it's like an, a fun time capsule of new oh absolutely new time well period yeah no it's true and like not just that but like um i think this is also a great study in movement like moving in these yeah. costumes a lot of times we see even today when you see contemporary stuff you'll see women in this same time period and they're like holding up their skirt with everything they do and it's like they didn't really walk like that they didn't really move like that like they like they don't really this is more of a cut of like how not just like how people dress, but like how people really moved and went up and down these, like there are parts where you see Mae West going up and down little stairs and doing these little things. And she's not bunching her skirts up. She's kind of lightly folding them and like doing these sort of, um, I think it's such a great lesson in just like how to, how to walk and move with the train. Like if you really, if you are, uh, somebody who does uh, d- uh, dress up and do these sort of things like it really is a great study in how you should move your clothes around not just like pick them up like you're one of the wicked stepsisters in Cinderella and like boop it do you know like bunch them up and like in your fists and walk around like that's what you see a lot nowadays it's like there's not really we don't really understand sort of the etiquette on how to move in those things and I feel like in those like especially in the movies you see in like the 30s and stuff you really see this like this movement that that people just don't do anymore you know yeah. it's 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 fascinating her yes. her moves are, are crazy like not i mean crazy good like she's got her own like yeah. little wiggle when she walks like she's almost like listening to something <laughs> but we aren't hearing <laughs> it you know and uh, <laughs> and it's lovely yeah 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 so, god I can't wait to watch more Mae West movies. Oh, like, me I too. Me too. I'm I'm, like, I'm glad that we just, we wanted to, you know, I've, I've been wanting to do one forever and I'm so glad we got to jump in with this one. I feel like it's so important in so many ways. I love that it's like the movie that saved Paramount from going bankrupt, even though it's also yeah. the movie that inspired the Coalition for Censorship. <laughs> it's yes. like this weird hug and a slap sort of thing that happened. But I yeah. think it's great. You know, it's like, a really I can't great w- study. I, 
yeah, I can't wait to watch I'm No Angel and Belle of the mm-hmm. 90s because those seem like and she because my little like, chickadee. I've, I, yeah, yeah I've, I've, I'm into it for sure. Yeah. And I, I love like, you know, I've seen some when we were studying doing this, just seeing pictures and clips of her in her more of her movies that are from the 40s. Jesus, she looks mm-hmm. fucking amazing. Like she can wear wow. a 40s look. Like her body yes, is made for can. that. Like it's it's fantastic, and she's got that great like almost victory roll kind of like hair with the poodle like bangs in front. It's all oh my god, she looks amazing. So, so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and shout out to Carrie, young Cary Grant. Yes, Ooh, yeah. Girl. I yeah. mean, like this would have been what year? I'm trying to remember what year. He has uh, he has a head of hair that any human would Jesus kill for. Christ. Let me tell um, you, because <laughs> this was before this was before his girl Friday. So like, oh yeah, I mean yeah for sure. Think about so it's I mean and he was good. He was young. He was still he was Friday. barely Cary Grant. He was still almost Archie Leach at this point. I think yeah, <laughs> <laughs> almost practically. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I got a shout out to um, to that sailor who's in the tr- tracking shot of um, I, I, yes. West last yes. last number. I had to include him in the montage because they panned they panned across the front row of the audience and they they uh, kind of got to that guy and I was like, whoa, like, who that? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, if you could go onto oldhollywoodrealness.com when you go to listen to our episode, you can scroll through all these lovely screenshots as you're listening to get an idea of what we're talking about. Oh hell yeah! Yep, I use those you. as a reference. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Shameless plugs a little you early. You betcha. Don't worry about it. We'll do it again at the Gotta end. Gotta do it before I forget. <laughs> uh, and her fur that she wears at the last scene when she like puts on her cape. Yes. That fur girl. Oh, oh I know. The furs, the gloves, I mean. the hats, the parasols, and the canes. Like It's just, oh, there's yeah. so many accessories. I love how that she's got the cane and she parasol, performs. That very first parasol. Oh, yeah. Her walking stick. Yeah. That's so straight up. Yeah. Ugh. Um, but her Lady Gaga, Lady has. Gaga, if you hear me, sorry, <laughs> just please do this. Oh <laughs> uh, but her parasol that she comes in at the very beginning actually matches her dress. Like her dress has like kind of like a like a zigzag like um, yes. pattern all over it, and the parasol matches because you know you got to have a matching parasol for your outfit. Of course, when because you, you you're know. Mae West, and I you're mean, rich as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god yeah she oof, uh as as she said it herself the uh, the finest woman to ever walk the streets <laughs> okay yes that's right finest <laughs> so good god the one-liners in this movie are so good so good so good goodness got yeah. nothing to do with it philip <laughs> <laughs> so oh good and she's like and so this is the good. censored version fuckers you know? fuckers, fuckers. <laughs> oh man God yeah damn. jeez this movie was this movie was fun it really her. was it yeah. really was yeah and i would i definitely look forward to i mean we've we've talked about how much like we really want to dive into more like Hayes co movies and things in like from like the 20s and 30s and um, this was a perfect. This this was just a really perfect one for the selection. Yeah. Oh my Can't god. Now that I, I just remembered my favorite, my favorite one, my favorite exchange in the movie is when at the end, uh, Cary Grant's gonna put uh, Mae West in handcuffs. And she's <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, she's like, are those necessary? And he's like, she's like, are those necessary? I wasn't born with them. And he's like, maybe you would. A lot of men would be better off. And she's like, hands ain't everything. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm so like, oh, good. 
So good. Love it. I mean, God bless you, Mae West. Rest in paradise. Seriously. And thank you for bringing us so many things. And I, it really breaks my balls that so much of her stuff is lost. You know, so much of her things are lost to the ages and lost to censorship, Uh, you know, plays and, and things. And I just, I would love to, I definitely want to study her more and just even sort of in her philosophies and what she did. And yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, really interesting. She's fantastic. She, then in late in life, she got all into spiritualism and like, yeah, um, yeah. The, the occult and ghosts and stuff, which I I know she had a personal psychic, which I think is a whole amazing chapter that I need to learn more about. I know, I know. Like, I want to learn more about that too. And I just can't help but think that maybe if these people had the internet, it wouldn't have gone that way. <laughs> but well, but it's know, still good to think about. Could you imagine going to say to a séance with uh, Mae West? That'd be amazing. That'd be so um, much fun. I would go grocery shopping with Mae West. I don't <laughs> care. I would do anything with her. I'm still fascinated with her apartment, the Ravenswood, because apparently yeah. she like this is where I'm like she sounds like me. This that reminds me of like my place in Oakland. It was like you know I just I I have this place. It's like she got it. Like she came out in 1932, got an apartment, stayed there till she died <laughs> that yeah, was it about the building she's just like the entire I'm just, building. this is great but like you know how smart was that that was fantastic and like i think that's also just a testament to like yeah she bought the building she didn't need to get a bigger house or more shit like that she traveled she did her show but like she had the spot man she had the salon yeah. she had the place where people <laughs> came to hang out and like yeah, yeah. i would have i need to find see if there's even picture, pictures that like exist of the ravenswood like i'm 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 really like keen to find out. Like I want to see what yeah, this place looks like. I wonder what. I wonder if anybody lives. If there's somebody who lives in her apartment. I assume it was all white because she seems like well, a yeah, person that's what who they would said. do all white. That's yeah. what they said in her in the documentary was that her apartment was all white and gold. Yeah. And there were mirrors everywhere. Yeah. And mirrors on the ceiling. Yeah. You know, and all that pink oh champagne. Oh my god. And ice. She's the <laughs> inspiration for like Carmela Soprano. <laughs> like this, and that very like. <laughs> Or the, the, or the um, the inspiration for Hotel California. <laughs> oh yeah, well, but just the pink champagne part. I don't Possibly. know. Possibly. Anyhow, I just you know it. It's much. I think she's really cool. Even though normally I feel like mo- most of the time when it's like when women like really really love things that are all white, I always feel like they're that's like you should steer clear of them. Like there might be something wrong with them. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> especially white women with the wall white and white. You're just like, Ooh, that's a lot. There's an imbalance in the force. Um, but I just, it never, it was always very off putting to me, but I still, I still will enjoy Mae West anyway. Like, you know, I'm like, just because she has all white doesn't mean she's like, you know, Mariah Carey or like whatever. <laughs> Anyway, you know, you know what I'm she, saying? You know what I'm saying? It, it helps that she's a drag queen. So uh, yeah. yes, it makes it even better. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for joining us, you guys. Yeah, thanks for joining um, us. That you can, like Kathleen said, you should visit our website. Check out the photo montages we'll be posting on old Hollywood, oldhollywoodrealness.com. Yeah, yeah, and, you really should. Um, they're excellent tools to, like, if you're just, like, I feel like they're very phone-friendly. Like, if you're listening uh, on yeah. your phone, you could just go to the website. You can, like, scroll through these little screenshot collections that we put together that kind of coincide with what we're talking about. To so just give you a sense of, like, even if you don't watch the movie, you can kind of get a sense of what, you know, what we're describing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and while you're there, uh, you can click our Amazon banner and shop like you normally would because Ooh, it helps yes. support the show. So use that banner when you're shopping. Easy peas. Um, 
Uh, you can hit us up on the social media, all things that you might need to get in contact with us. Old Hollywood Realness on Facebook, on Instagram, at OHR Podcast on Twitter. You could email us your thoughts and prayers at oldhollywoodrealness at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about the movie. If you have any um, anything we might have missed, we'd love to hear back from you. So just hit yes. us up. Um, uh, and uh, let's see. Uh Kyle Lublin still giving us that vocal <laughs> talent at the top of the podcast. Yes, thank you. Killing it, killing it every episode. Thank you for making um, us sound so professional right out the gate. Yay. And then we start um, talking. <laughs> I know, right? Lucky can't be perfect. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just can't Get be. you in. Um, so, in the meantime, thanks for listening to OHR. Bye. Bye.